0: He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord takes me through the valley of deepest darkness. Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name lord even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness fear will never conquer me for you already have you remain close to me and lead me through it all the way your authority is my strength and my peace the comfort of your love takes away my fear i will never be lonely for you are near you become my delicious feast Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when...
1: Pastor Doug, I just want to welcome you here today to Victory Christian Fellowship. We're going to have a good time in the Lord today. As we're gathered in this presence, we know that He is here. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that You are the source of living water. And Lord, living water flows out of us like a river, and we give you thanks and praise, that it brings joy and reflection wherever it goes. And Lord, we honor you today, and we welcome your presence here in
2: Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Are you ready?
3: Let's stand together.
2: Song we're singing that Gabriel wrote. If you're new here today, you haven't heard it yet.
3: I want, by. I want to be touched by I want to carry out time for me. I want to be still by oh, I want to carry out the plan You have for me. I want to be consumed by. I wanna be touched by you. I wanna wanna carry out the plan that you.
1: By you, I want your fire to touch me. Fire to touch me. I am this generation. I am this generation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory Hallelujah. to God.
3: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Father. I'm so thankful that you are a person of God. you come down to us. And Jesus became a man. As he walked this earth. He felt what we felt. He experienced what we experienced. But yet, He is the champion. And Lord, we thank you right now that you speak to your people. To shake things, yes. says the Lord. It's time to awaken, like I awakened Peter in the prison who was asleep, and I told him to go and tell the things of this kingdom in the name of Jesus. Oh, it's time to
3: awaken, church.
1: There's one more. says the Lord for you are my chosen vessel meet for my purpose I have called you unto this I have anointed you for you will spread the message of my kingdom the message of my goodness and the message of my grace all over this place
3: some praise this morning. Lord, we give you praise this morning. We
1: have your seats. Want to thank your signature worship team for leading us into his presence. Don't they do a wonderful job? Amen. You know God has equipped his church with spiritual gifts. And one of those gifts is tongues and interpretation. And uh, they're to edify the body. Amen? And one of the things that we get to do as believers in Christ Jesus is we get to speak the word. Amen. So I want to invite you to, uh, as we make our confession of faith together, let's make our confession. We We worship worship an awesome God. God. The great and amazing God God is among
2: us. us. Our Our God God reigns reigns supreme. supreme. He is the God of gods and Lord of lords. God is great, mighty, and awesome. Our God stands alone. He is the one and only rock of our salvation, our chief cornerstone and firm foundation. We are safe and secure in Him. Our God is the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets. He shows us things that are hidden. God is our Father. Jesus is our Lord. And His Holy Spirit is our partner working in us. And And in Him we live, move, and have our being. We are redeemed by God who does great and awesome things.
1: God strengthens strengthens and and empowers us.
2: and And we bless His holy name. All things are under His feet. And Jesus is the head of all things to the church. God our Savior alone is wise. To him be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, now and forever. Amen. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature.
1: At Victory Christian Fellowship, we, we are inheriting are God's
2: promises
1: and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. And at this time, uh, we're going to receive uh, some members. And I just want to say a couple words about that. You know, uh, we are a membership church. And, uh, but our membership process is very, easy. and, uh, you know, I just want to, uh, share some things about what membership does. It allows an individual to be, to have your roots put down. And then God says we are like trees planted by the rivers of living water and, uh, membership is a tangible way of expressing your commitment uh, to a local congregation. You know, it's important to be part of a church. Amen? And uh, it enables the leadership to know uh, who they are to care for and to know those who labor among them. Uh, It provides an opportunity for the parts of the body of Christ to be joined together in relationship. You know... The church is like a family, and uh, members become part of a family by being born into the family or being adopted into the family. Amen? And a church family, you get to choose, right? But God God has a place for every one of us, and uh, it's a place where we can grow together in maturity and fulfill the vision that God has given us, and uh, here's what we... Uh, expect the members. We want members to be born again, or if not, be willing to. Amen? And uh, to be uh, baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. To live a lifestyle that reflects the commitment of the standards of God. To be in agreement with our tenets of faith. Things that we believe. Foundational doctrinal truths. To uh, And be willing to be a vital part through your service, your giving, your prayers. Amen? And, uh, you know, there's a different anointing when the body comes together. It's a corporate anointing. And it's so important. important and uh, we are just so glad to be able to welcome these members today. I would like for uh, Grace and uh, Joshua and Kelsey at Warrow to come up. And uh, for uh, Emily Schmidt to come forward, and uh, for Randall Devon uh, Balkerin to come up. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come closer. Yeah, come on. (laughs) We're family. You can come
2: around. Yeah, just just come around this side,
1: this side. There you go. Can I have uh, the leaders come up? Uh, of our church and uh we're just going to pray over our members all right and then we're going to give them a res- uh, certificate and receive them father we just give you thanks and praise and glory for these precious members lord, in the jesus. name of jesus yes thank you lord that you've planted them here thank you, father. and may you work out your plan and yes, purpose in their lives with your fresh anointing yes, of strength and you. power We give you thanks and praise, Father, that they are covered under your word. And they're growing into maturity in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Lord, we just bless them and we give you honor and praise and glory. And we magnify them. We magnify you, Lord, in Jesus' name.
2: Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Grace, I want to welcome you. (laughs) To our family. Grace
2: is my sister. In case yes. anybody doesn't figure that I out I yet. I welcome
1: to our family.
2: Miss <laughs> I mean, Emily I is is making the independent move to be a member on her own, apart from the family membership that me they already have. had. Our <laughs> family.
1: Devon, of our family. I
2: think everyone knows Devon by you. now. <laughs>
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. <laughs> Oh, God is so good. Amen. And maybe you've been here for a long time, but you've never made that commitment to be a member. I would encourage you to do so. Amen. And uh, it secures the deal. I want to give you some announcements this morning. On, uh, On Saturday, the 27th. At 8.30 a.m., we're going to have our Barnabas Breakfast of Encouragement for all the men, 12 and up. And also that same day, the 27th at 11, we're going to have our annual egg hunt for ages uh, 2 to 10. And we encourage you to come out, and uh, that's going to be a fun time for the kids. And uh, coming up uh, April uh, 16th and 17th, we're having our Woven uh, Women's Conference And uh, is it uh, full? Okay, it is full. We have uh, uh, about 140 ladies uh, signed up to attend. 150, okay. And uh, our guest speaker for the conference is Robin D. Bullock. And he's going to be here uh, with uh, his family. And he's also be our speaker on that Sunday morning. Um, We're going to have a full house that weekend, so I want you to plan accordingly, Um, we're going to have all of our seats out, and it's going to be a great time in the Lord, and uh, also too, uh, if you're available today, and you'd like to help us put some candy and some eggs, uh, please do so after the service, all right, we would welcome your help, and uh, that would be a great thing, Amen. amen, say I'm part of a rich heritage. I want to just take a few moments and just share with you how some of, many of God's children were rich. Amen? Um, in 2 Corinthians 9.8, God wants to sufficiently supply you with plenty. Everybody say plenty. plenty. Alright? And uh, Deuteronomy 8.18, it says He gives you the power. He gives you the power to get wealth, and he may establish his covenant. And uh, in our family line, we have Abraham. And here's what the Bible says about Abraham. God promised to bless Abraham and to make him great and his name great. Amen? All right? And uh, Genesis 12:16, Abraham acquired goods, property, and servants. Say acquisition. In Genesis 13 too, the Bible says Abram was very rich. Everybody say very rich. That's in the Bible. That's part of our heritage. Amen? Then the riches passed on to Isaac. In Genesis 26.3, God wanted Isaac to have lands and to multiply him. God's a multiplicationist. Amen? If that's not a word, it is today. And in Genesis 26, 12-14, Isaac reaped a hundredfold in the same year. Everybody say a hundredfold. And uh, he did that in the same year. In Genesis 30, 43, the Bible says that Jacob had too much possession. Everybody say too much. Amen, I like that too much. All right. And Genesis 30:30, 30, 30, the Lord increased Jacob greatly. everybody say greatly. Okay? Genesis 39 verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. What was Joseph? He was a slave. How could a slave prosper? When God's on your side, it doesn't matter what you are. Amen? In Genesis 41, Joseph was put over all the land of Egypt. He was a foreigner. He wasn't even a citizen. Amen? He went from a prison to the palace. Praise God. In Psalm 107, verse 38, the Bible says, The Lord did not let Israel's herds diminish. Herds was their income. Amen? Amen? In uh, Joshua 7, well, no, First uh, Chronicles 29, David provided with all of his might for God's house. All the gold, all the silver, all the metal. I mean, he provided with all of his might. All right? And let me just share these quotes with you. Bothius, a Roman statesman and philosopher... Said, wealth shines in giving rather than hoarding, for the miser is hateful, whereas the generous man is applauded. And Charles H. Burr said, Getters generally don't get happiness, givers get it. Amen? And I said all this to say that you can give today anytime. During the service, we have our seed planter in the back. If you're watching us uh, online, you can give through our website. That's available to you. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise that as we give into your kingdom, Lord, you give it back to us, multiplied, abounded, increased greatly. And Lord, we just give you thanks and praise for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. All right, we have some awesome... Kids Life teachers right here at BCF. They are anointed and appointed full of the life of God, right? Full of the Holy Spirit. And we have some awesome kids. Kids, are you ready for your class today? I want you to go and have a good class. Enjoy yourselves. Experience God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, let the children come unto me. God loves children. God loves adults. He loves you all shapes and all sizes, no matter where you're from. Amen. The Lord speaks every language. Hallelujah. And uh, praise the Lord. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? This word, uh, I've been used to speaking theories, but during this time, this season that we're in, uh, it's fresh manna every week. And uh, I want you to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. You know, we're living in a day when it is not time to play church. Or to fool around with the devil's game. The last days are upon us. Now notice it's the last days. uh, Not the last day. So the last days make up several days. More than one day. And there's a great work to be done. And a great harvest of souls to be reaped. That's why we're here. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to please God and to finish the work that He started. And we need to be free from all that bounds us from the past. And we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His voice and his leading and his guiding and his directing very important and we have to allow god's plan to unfold in our lives so we need to get serious about serving god well i am serious well that's great then help someone else who's not and we got to be everything that god wants us to be And obedience will enhance our relationship. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about or surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, And the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This morning I want to talk to you about running your race and seeking His faith. Every one of us, from the time that we were born, we were put into a race. The race is called life. And how we run our race, it's not, listen, it's not always the swift that run. It's the one who can endure, who can push through, who refuse to quit, who will run until they cross that finish line. Your race isn't over until you cross the finish line. Whether you're running or you're walking, the point is you need to cross your finish line. You need to finish what God called you to do. And you need to be fully engaged into his plan. And verse 2 tells us Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Did Jesus finish his race? Yes, he ran. And he ran until he crossed that finish line. He fulfilled his divine purpose. He did what God asked him to do. When you run alone, it's called a race. But when you run with God, it's called grace. That was a good quote that I saw on Pinterest. Oh, you were thinking I was so spiritual and like, oh, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. So, number one, you got to realize that there are people watching your spiritual race and cheering you on in heaven. There is a section of heaven that is like the grandstands. It's the ultimate skybox. And they are people who have accepted Jesus Christ and who have went on before us. And they are cheering us on. They don't know what you're wearing. They don't know what you eat. But they do know what your spiritual walk is like. They're not concerned about natural things. They're concerned about whether or not you're following God's plan for your life. And they're cheering you on. They're going, "Woohoo! You can make it! Woohoo! You can do it!" Just like we did. Their cheers ought to inspire us. A great cloud of witnesses. You know, he spent the whole chapter of eleven talking about all the some of the witnesses that are there: Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Enoch, right? Samson, David, Moses, right? Esther, Ruth, they're all in there. They are the witnesses. And they are witnessing our race. What is our race? It is the word agon where we get the word agony. It means a struggle or a conflict. That's what that word means. It means a grueling conflict, a fight. It's a struggle. And you know, when, when in this race, we're not running against each other. We're not in competition with each other. Each one of us have a race to run. It's a race that God set before you from the time that you were born. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1 for just a moment. But we're going to camp here at Hebrews. But go to Jeremiah 1, and I want you to notice the race that God put Jeremiah on. In Jeremiah 1, verse 5, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Did you know God's known you for a long time? He's known you before anybody else has known you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you, or consecrated you, and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not that I am a child. For you shall go to all that I send you, and whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So Jeremiah's race was to be a prophet, was to speak for the Lord. That was his race to run. That's the race that God put him on. See, if you're not on God's God's race, you took a detour. You have to run the race that God set before you. Amen. And then number two, according to this verse, if you run, a, if you want to run. You've got to drop the weight and the sin. Notice the weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. The one that trips you up the most. Do you realize it's easy for humans to sin? Each and every day, we have a choice. To say, what does sin mean? To miss the mark. It means to disobey God. Right? Right? We don't have issues, we have sin problems. Amen? You know, you can't solve sin by counseling. You can only be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can only be forgiven and set free from sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Living Bible says of Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. The Living Bible. Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. There's some things that will hold you back from running your race. There's some things that will slow you down in the race if you don't get rid of them. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. And let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us, keeping your eyes on Jesus, our leader and our instructor. I want you to know today that sin will hinder your fellowship with God. And if you're not, if, you're, if your fellowship with God is broken, so will the, communica- so will the direction that He wants to give you. Alright? And sin will dull your spirit and cause you to be less responsive to the Holy Spirit. Sin left unchecked will cause you to live only in the natural realm and you'll miss God's best for your life. Go to 2 Timothy, chapter 2. 2 Timothy, chapter 2. We're talking about running our race. Look at verses 1, 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 1. You, therefore, my son... Now, when the Bible says son, he's speaking of sonship, which is a position. It's not gender-related. So that includes... Men and women. Amen? My son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How are we supposed to be with grace? Strong in it. If you could be strong in it, you could be weak in it. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also, Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier. Everybody say, endure hardness. You know, in a race, not everything is easy. Now, we're not talking about a sprint. When he's making the illustration of our life as a race, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. How many ever seen a marathon, Watch it on TV or seen clips of it, right? They run on the open road, right? There's no guarantee that it's all going to be flat. Or the terrain is going to be all nice and smooth. Right? There's going to be different levels. Different uh, elevations. And, and different terrain. But you got to keep running. Amen? He goes on to say, verse 4. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. If you're entangled with the affairs of this life, you're not running your race. The natural life. I mean, Listen. Life life is life, isn't it? Things come up in life, don't they? Unexpected things, uninvited things, unwanted things, good things, right? It all comes up in life. But God has equipped us to live this life. And we've got a life to live and a race to run. Amen? Just, you can't excuse what happens in life for you not running the race that God has you on. So no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Our job, our number one requirement is to please God. Because, after all, he's the one sitting at the end of our race. And he's going to judge us how well we ran our race. Okay? But notice, see, not everything in life is bad. But there are some things in life that distract you from God. They take your attention away from God and they put your attention on things of this life. And that's not good. Some things in this life will slow you down from your spiritual race. If you're moved to engage in them, see, and, and they're temptations, right? Oh, i got to take care of this, but I'm supposed to pray. How many, Has anyone ever else been interrupted when you know you're supposed to pray? And you've got, you got the phone ringing, you've got things happening, but you're supposed to pray. You know you're supposed to pray. The Holy Spirit says, pray, pray, pray. And the devil's like giving all these distractions to come to prevent you. Why? He doesn't want you to pray. Why? Because he wants you to miss that connection with God. He wants, you, he wants to trip you. The devil is not interested in your success. He's interested in your defeat, your destruction, and your uh, total demol, demolition. That's what he's interested in. He's, he's here to steal, kill, and destroy any way that he can. But when we're with Christ, we prevent him from doing that. There are some things in our life that we have to strip off and lay aside and because God requires a greater uh, responsibility. How many has ever had to sacrifice something that you wanted to do because God wanted you to do something else? Yeah. Did you know that the Christian life requires sacrifice? I mean, after all, look at what Jesus did. You talk about sacrifice... He came, to, he came from heaven. You talk about going from heaven to earth, that's a downgrade. Amen? There's no pain in heaven. There's no night in heaven. There's no sorrow in heaven. And He comes to this place. That's dark and sorrowful and pain and, you know. First time Jesus is getting tired. Oh, I never got tired in heaven. Why am I getting tired now? Because physical bodies get tired. We've got to be able to strip these things off. You know, I worked for a tree doctor back when I was a single man in Illinois. Not a tree butcher, but a tree doctor. What's the difference? We didn't take trees down. We pruned them, we cabled them, and we fed them. And in pruning a tree, let's say you have a main branch, right? Right? And the main branch is strong. It's attached to the trunk. But then there are other branches that grow up on the main branch. They're not attached to the trunk. They're attached to the branch. You know what we call them? We call them suckers. Why? Because they would suck the life out of the branch and weaken it. So as a pruner, I had to remove the things that would suck the life from the tree. There are some things that in, in this natural life that will suck your strength for your spiritual race. And they have to be removed, stripped off, laid aside, dropped. Everybody say, drop the weight. Yeah, you ever see a runner run? They don't run with long pants or trench coats, right? They don't. Why? Because that would hinder their running. That would hinder their rhythm. They wear as little clothes as possible. Shorts that are thin. Shirts that are thin. And you know, they don't even have long socks. Why? They want everything to go into their stride. So that they can win. Lay aside every weight and the sin. If you don't know that something's a sin, ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. What do we need to lay aside? Wrong motives. Selfish ambition. Carnal inclinations. Desires of the flesh. Just to name a few. Pride. Oh, we got to lay aside pride. You know, when the Bible speaks of humility, it's never God humbling us. It's always us humbling ourselves. We need to lay aside double-mindedness. We need to lay aside unbelief or spiritual slothfulness, fear and rebellion. And once you lay them down, don't pick them up again. It's not when you check your baggage and get the rest of it at your destination. No, this baggage, you don't don't get back anymore. You've got to let it go forever. If there's a bad habit that you have that prevents you from putting God first, you need to get rid of that habit. Look at what John what Jesus said in John chapter 5. John 5 and verse 14. This was the man who was healed at the pool of Bethesda. Notice what Jesus said. Afterward, this was when he was healed. Okay. Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you are made whole. What was that next phrase? Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. You know, this man was healed, but he had to let go of the sin. What sin? We don't know what the sin was. If there's anything you want to let go, is that you want to let go of sin. If you don't let go of sin, it'll have you for lunch. Sin is a destroyer. Sin is worse than cancer. It will spread. If you don't deal with it now, it will spread and become worse. Okay? Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. I want you to notice that Jesus set these people free, but he told them to to not sin anymore. To not do the things that got them in trouble in the first place. John chapter 8, verse 11 the woman caught in adultery. Everybody say adultery. You don't have to say, it, but adultery is a sin. Okay. Verse eleven. She said, "No man, Lord." And Jesus said unto her, "Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more." If someone tells you to sin no more, do you have the ability not to sin anymore? Absolutely. Jesus. Is, who's Jesus? He's the truth. Right. He can't lie. So this, we have the ability through Jesus Christ to say no to sin. Did, Jesus, did uh, Joseph in Egypt say no to sin? No. He absolutely did. He refused to participate with it. On the spot, he said no. Why? Because he knew it would destroy his dream. Too many dreams have been destroyed because of sin. Too many destinies have been altered because of sin. But thank God Jesus gave us the answer to sin. Amen? Luke 13.3 says, Unless you repent, you will surely perish. I must say repent. Which is, is better? Which would you rather do? Perish or simply repent to avoid perishing? Amen? What are you repenting of? You're repenting of something that, would, that leads to perishing. When we don't do what God says, that's sin. And if we we got sin on us, we're not going to be good runners. We're going to be bogged down with weights. Notice it said weights and sin. It it didn't just say sin, lay aside every weight and the sin. There's two things. And, you know, Proverbs... um, 26.11, 26.11, it's quoted also in Second Peter, talking about a dog returning to its vomit. That's like us returning to sin. Now, I, I'm not going to go into much of a description, but I like to watch nature shows. And and especially, you know, I like to the African dogs. Those, they're ugly. But let me just tell you, When they go out for a kill, they bring back food for the young, and they bring it up from within. And that's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) Go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. What are we doing? We're learning how to run our race. Look at verse 8. But now, everybody say now. The best decision or the best time to change is right now. If you came in here today with weights and sins, now is a good time to let them go. And here's a good place to let them go. Amen? You give them to God and He'll forget them as far as the east is from the west. Alright? So Colossians 3.8 But now... You also put off, put off, take off, right? Remove, lay aside. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image. You know, you can put away lies and start telling the truth. That's putting on the new man. Right? You can put away faithlessness and start start being faithful. That's putting off the old and putting on the new. Amen? Go to Ephesians chapter 4. These things help us run. Ephesians 4, verse 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. You know, if you were stingy before you met Christ, now's a good time to be generous. I didn't get a good amen on that. Put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, according to deceitful lust. What's a deceitful lust? It gets you into trouble and you don't even know it. It's deceitful. It looks good, smells good, tastes good until you get into it. Then you're like, why did I do this? We're supposed to put those things off, amen? Amen. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You've got to be renewed. See, church attendance is your Olympic training. It's your Olympic running training. Part of your training, right? You know an Olympian trains for four hours a day, 310 days out of the year. For an event that may only last 60 seconds. They, 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 they don't eat certain things. They have to train and exercise and run their event every day. They're training because it only comes every four years minus the, the trials before that time. Right? But they dedicate their life. What if Christians would dedicate their life to following Christ like, like an Olympian dedicates their life for their events? Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. This is point 2. Lay aside, drop the weight and the sin. They drop the weight and drop the sin. See, people think that they can exercise willpower over sin. You can't. Why? Because sin is based from the father of lies. It's deceptive. You know, it's like a bear trap. You, what does a trapper do? They cover that trap. And they put food in that trap. Why? It makes the animal think that there's something there that they want until they step into it. And then it closes its grip on them. And then they can't get away. If you don't deal with sins, it will deal with you. It will get worse and worse and worse. James chapter 1 verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart or lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. I love that phrase. (laughs) And receive with meekness the ingraft. Notice you've got to lay aside something to receive the word. Did you know the word cleanses you before it fills you? Jesus forgives you of sin. In other words, he wipes all of the sin away so all of his goodness can now come in. Amen? Okay. Lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. That's all kinds of naughtiness, right? King James, man, I'll tell you. that's All right, number three. Hebrews 12.1 says, we got to run our race that is set before us with endurance. Everybody say endurance. How many are in it for the long haul? You did not accept Christ to be a flash in the pan, but you accepted Christ to walk with Him every day for the rest of your life. Christianity is a lifetime commitment. It's not just to get you out of a jam. You know, they say there's no atheist in a foxhole. When you've got missiles going over your head and, and gunfire there and you're in the trench, you know, you're going to be calling on somebody. All of a sudden they believe in something greater. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? So this word endurance is the word hypomeno. It means to remain under, to be steadfast as God enables you. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. You're going to come out of here today wanting to run your race. And do you know that everybody, we all start the race at the same point. Every runner always starts at the same starting line, but it's how you run will determine whether or not you will get to your destiny. Your destiny is the finish line. It's the finished course of your race. Okay? So Hebrews 10, verse 35. The Bible says this. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence... For it has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience. Same word, endurance. How many could ever use some endurance? That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. What do you have to do first to receive the promise? You have to do the will of God. Right? Running your race is doing God's will. If you're not doing God's will, you're not even on the race course. After you've done the will of God, then you'll receive the promise. Can you say amen? Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And look at verse 10. I want you to know how Paul ran his, ran his race. But you have fully known my doctrine or my teaching, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience. Persecutions. In the, did Paul go through some things? Did those things stop him? No, in spite of what he went through, he kept on running his race. Okay? Persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra. What persecutions I what? Endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Can you say amen? Amen. See, if you have a mindset to endure no matter what comes against you, knowing that the Lord will deliver you out of them all, amen? There's not anything that the Lord can deliver you out of, but you've got to cooperate with Him. He doesn't want you bogged down with all this weight and all this extra baggage. He wants you to let it go, drop it away, so that you be free to run. See, When you get born again, you have to arrange your life around God, not God around your life. I'm going to say that again. When you get born again, you have to arrange your life around God, not God around your life. You're not trying to see where God can fit in. No, He gets the first and the best of your time, of your talents, and of your treasure. Amen? That was a good place to say amen. See, you have to have God's power to run this race. You can't do it without Him. Even Jesus, our Lord and Savior, said, I can do nothing of myself. You don't think that He he needed the strength of God to... In spite of the criticism that constantly came at him, people were constantly trying to trip him up, trying to, to get him to go against the law. Trying to, they, were just trying to, they were just doing things, trying to get him to uh, uh, make a mistake, which he never did. They could not stop him. And the devil cannot stop you either if you're determined. Amen? Part of a characteristic of faith is Determination. Is perseverance and unwillingness to quit, and unwillingness to give up. Oh, it's too hard. Stop looking at the problem. Let me give you a spiritual slap. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. See, we have to arrange our life around our spiritual discipline. What's a spiritual discipline? Prayer, worship. Giving, meditation, Bibles. Everybody say study. God just doesn't want you to read the Bible. He wants you to study the Bible. Do not raise your hand. But I want you to think about this. If you have been saved for at least 20 years... Have you read the Bible through 20 times? Don't raise your hand. Just smile and say, Amen, Pastor. Amen. Think about it. How many years have we been saved? And how many years have we not read the entire Bible through? You know, I've had the privilege of leading my parents to the Lord. And my dad is 85 now, and the first time in his life read the Bible through. I gave him a one-year Bible, and he read it when he was 78 years old. First time in his life. If, if we're not reading the Bible and studying it, what kind of runners are we? Do you think an Olympian you think that they can get out of training by saying, ah, oh, I just don't feel like it today? We have to live our life around our spiritual disciplines. What's the goal of our race? Our race is to be like Christ. To be like, not to be conformed to this world. This world is passing away. But Jesus is going to be here forever. All right? Number four, according to Hebrews 12:2, as we run, we've got to look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. You've got to run your race and win the prize. There is a prize to win. It's the greatest prize. It's more valuable than a gold medal. It's the prize of Jesus Christ, of pleasing your Master, of of hearing Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into joy today. There is a prize to gain. Crowns to receive. Go to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. Philippians, chapter, flip on over to Philippians, chapter 3, verse 12. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, or that I have already reached perfection. How many know there's things that we haven't achieved yet? And we haven't achieved perfection. Perfection in the Bible is maturity. Since we're all here right now, we haven't finished our race yet. Amen? Okay? But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. How many know we got to continue to press on? Look at your neighbor and say, press on. Carry on. Keep progressing. You can do it, Hallelujah! We got just because we haven't achieved. We, do you know that there are people in the Book of Hebrews that believed, but they didn't receive because they died before they received it. But they kept on believing. They believed until they died. Amen. That's listen. When you die believing, that's not a bad way to die. That's a good way to die. So we got to keep running. And then number five, this race that I'm talking about, it's a spiritual race. It relates to your divine destiny that God has planned for each one of us. God has every one of us on a race. And he's given us everything we need to run this race and to win excuses of why you can't win this race are useless. So drop the excuses. You remember Moses? When he he met God at the burning bush? What was he doing? He was leading sheep. He had been leading sheep for 40 years. After he spent 40 years in Egypt. Growing up in the palace. You know... Moses was a well-trained politician. He was trained in the royal house. He had the best education, the best clothes, the best chariots. He had all the accolades of a prince of Egypt. But he gave all that up. Why? That wasn't his plan. That wasn't God's plan for him. So then he spent 40 more years to get retooled. And to learn how to lead sheep. And God comes to him on the backside of the desert. Say, God knows where I am. Where you are is not a surprise to God. But He may ask you, what are you doing here? Because He knows you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be somewhere else. Right? Anyway, long story short, God is having a conversation with Moses... God reveals to Moses his race. I want you to deliver my people, Israel, from Egypt. That was his race. His race wasn't to raise sheep. His race wasn't to be a politician. His race was to be a deliverer. It took him 80 years to get to that race. Don't, don't take that long. Amen? You might as well start today. Get on the right race today. If you need to change course, change it today. Amen? And Moses kept giving God excuses why he was ill-equipped to deliver the people when God says, I've called you to deliver the people. The very fact that God called Moses automatically equipped him for the tools that he needed to do the job. If God told you to do something, you are fully equipped and well able to do it, so do it. Quit making excuses. Be like Nike, just do it. Amen? Go to Acts chapter 20. This is a spiritual race. This is about your destiny. Your destiny is to please God. Your destiny is to do all that God created you to do. Your destiny is to do your divine assignments. And the way you discover your divine assignment is you get born again. You make Jesus Christ your Lord. That is the first step. Acts 20, verse 17. And from Miletus, he sent us to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day, everybody say from the first day, That I came to Asia after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. They saw Paul in all different kinds of situations. Serving the Lord with all humility and mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. There was actually a group of Jews. That determined they were going to not eat until Paul was dead. Aren't you glad you don't have friends like that? And everywhere that Paul had a meeting, this group of Jews went and they stirred up trouble. And they were committed to kill Paul. And that man, man, he was beat to a pulp. But I want you to see the pattern that he's developing with, you know, as a pastor, I look at patterns. I look at what people do over a period of time, not just one instance, but over a period of time, because that's what really determines character. That's what really determines your nature. It's not what you do in a moment, but it's what how you live over a period of time. That's what measures a person. And I look at patterns. Some patterns that I see are not good. Because they don't go with God. Other patterns that I see are good. Amen? I see good patterns. I see bad patterns. Which one of these patterns? (laughs) All right, let's keep reading. Verse 19 serving the lord with all humility of mind with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews and how i kept back nothing that was profitable unto you even with all the pressure that paul faced he always gave his best in his ministry and i have taught you but i have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house testifying both to the jews and also to the greeks Repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit. He was going to Rome. You know what's going to happen in Rome? He knew he was going to die. Doesn't sound like Paul's afraid to die. Doesn't sound like he, listen. He 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 finished his course. All right, go to verse twenty-four. But none of these things move me. What? The bad things that are ahead of him. None of these things move me, neither count I I my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with what? Joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of grace of God. You can read Acts 9 and find out what Paul was called to do. That was his race. To bear the Lord's name before Gentiles, kings, and the Jews. And notice, none of the things in his life move him. Because he knew, I'm finishing my course with joy. Are you at the point that you can say, I'm finishing my course with joy? If the joy is not there yet, keep running. If the joy is not there yet, keep going. Amen? Find out if you you took a detour. Ask the Lord, say, am I on the right course? Am I on the course that you plotted and planned for me? Because you're still breathing, you can change direction if necessary. Recalculating, recalculating. Please do a U-turn by GPS, right? Or if you're sophisticated, you have a nice English accent. Recalculating, recalculating. Please turn around, turn around. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Talking about running a race. Listen, if you're, if you're not running your race, today's a good day to start running. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. I want you to see what Paul said. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And the most important, I have kept the faith. You know, some people, they stop keeping the faith along the way. You know what what happens to a person when they stop keeping the faith? They become faithless. They have less faith than what they had before. You know what happens to someone who keeps the faith? They're faithful. Amen? Let's give an amen for faithful. God looks at faithfulness. God promotes faithfulness. God advances faithfulness. He wants all of us to be stewards, and the main quality of a steward is to be faithful. Can you say amen? Amen? Is this helping us today? So Paul, he finished his course with joy. He kept the faith. He did not waver. He did not. He he ran his race. From the moment God called him on the road to Damascus, three days later. You know, God called him and gave him three days to decide whether or not he was going to follow him. Right? And Paul decided to follow him. No matter what came his way, if I get beat, I get beat. If I get whipped, I get whipped. If I get stoned, I get stoned. Ain't no stopping me now. Woo woo! Right? Come on! Ain't no stopping me now. Woo woo! That's how, the attitude that we got to have because things are going to come against you. Things are going to come against you to try to stop you running your race, but we got ain't no stopping me now. Woo woo! That was of the Spirit of God, let me tell you. (laughs) How many people got stopped by COVID? I talked to people who were calling for the conference from the state they're in, and they, they told me their church is still closed. Still. And we've got the healer. Doesn't matter what disease comes in the world, we've got the healer. We've got the cure. The cure all. Jesus is that He heals any sickness and disease. Even if I get it, which I'm not going to get it, but if I do, I got the healing for it. Hallelujah. See, you gotta run wholeheartedly. Who's, ask yourself this: Whose plan are you following? Yours, your parents, or God's? Just ask yourself that question. Be honest about it. Besides, God already knows the answer. It's not like you're going to. I'm going to hide this from God. You can't hide anything from God. We need to get down on our knees and find out for ourselves what God's plans are for you. You know, that's what I did. I didn't get on my knees because I like to walk and pray. You know what you call it when you walk and pray? It's a walkie-talkie. I spent a lot of time talking with God about what He wanted me to do. I laid it out. I said, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to be, I'll be. I left it up to God to decide what he wanted for me. My dad would have liked to, for me to be a state farm agent. I worked in his office. It was it felt like taking a shower with your socks on. You know what it feels like when you take a shower with your socks on? Something's just not right. Right? I mean I remember when I was a banker, I sat in my office, and I was like, what am I doing here? And then I got a call from my lovely wife. He says, whatever you need to do, do it. I said, okay. Right after that call, I told my manager, I said, I'm, I'm putting in my notice, and my manager was getting some surgery. He said, well, when I get back from surgery, stay until my surgery's done and I recover. And I said, okay, and then that was it for me. It was full-time here from that point on. Amen? Amen. See, you need to run God's race, follow His plan, and fulfill His purpose. And God set us all on a different course. We're not all on the same course. My race is to help people find their inheritance and treasure in God's Word, and to lead you to your inheritance, and to divide your inheritance. That's my job. That's what I do with the Bible. That's my race. And I'm running. Amen? You've got to run to win. You know, being out of God's will will cause dissatisfaction. It will, it will, you will, you will be annoyed and you won't know why. You will be dissatisfied And everything you try to do, apart from God's will, it will not work out the way you want it. It will leave you unfulfilled. But once you get into God's will, you will experience the most joy and the most pleasure that you ever have in your life. Because our Father still knows best. And if if you don't correct yourselves now... You might experience more severe consequences. You know the longer you go in sin, the harder the consequences become. It's better to be quick to repent and quick to forgive. All right? Go to First Corinthians chapter nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. I'm almost done. We're almost at the finish line. Amen. 1 Corinthians nine twenty four. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain or win. You got to run to win. You got to have a determination, a perseverance, an unwillingness to quit. You got to be. You got to be willing to go through uh, the hard times as much as the good times. Amen. Say, nothing is going to knock me off course. No storm, no valley, no giant, no opposition, no challenge. I'm staying on course. I'm going to run my race. All right, notice what he says. Verse 25 And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. What is temperance? That's self-control. Everybody say self-control. One of the fruits of the Spirit that God gave us is self-control. I just can't help it. Yes, you can. It's called self-control. I just let the anger get the best of me. No, you don't. It's called self-control. Amen? It means control yourself. The only person you can control is yourself. You can't control another person. You can't control your spouse. You can't control your children. The only one you can control is yourself. Temperance. And everyone that strives, they 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 obtain a corruptible crown, but we are an incorruptible crown. What's an incorruptible crown? It's always gonna shine. You won't even have to use uh, polish on it. All right. Therefore, I run not as uncertainty. If you don't know what your destination is, you need you need to work that out with God. Right. So I fight not as one that beats the air. He's not. You're not a shadow boxer. Boy, it was a tough fight. Who'd you beat up my shadow? You don't fight with uncertainty. You're not just beating the air. Everybody say on purpose. For, a purpose. for a purpose. You've got to live your life on purpose for God's purpose. That means you've got to change some habits. Find out where God is not first in your life and put Him first. And watch what God will do. Just simply changing the order of priorities will bring blessings to your life. Amen? But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Apparently, his body is not the real him. Otherwise, he couldn't keep it under. Lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway or a shipwreck. What does that mean? If you're not practicing what you preach, or if you're not living what you you claim to believe, Amen? we got to walk it out, right? we got to live it out. Right? you got to bring your body into subjection. Just like you make your body wake up when it doesn't want to. Just like you push your body away from the Thanksgiving table when it doesn't want to. <laughs> Amen? You can make your body do amazing things. Your spirit is in control now. If you're born again... Your spirit is in control. Your body's not in control anymore. All right. And then go to Galatians chapter two. Galatians chapter two, verse one. After fourteen years, I went up to again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. I went up by revelation and communicated to them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. What does running in vain mean? It means you lose the fruit. It means you're not living out the message or you lose the prize. To run in vain means when you hear the gospel, you don't live by the gospel. That's running in vain. Running in vain is being unfaithful to the word of the Lord. It's not carrying out what he said to you. Running in vain is knowing the Lord, but not serving him or following him. That's running in vain. You know him, but you don't follow him or serve him. Running in vain is knowing God's plan for your life, but doing your own plan. That's running in vain. Vain means nothing. When you run in vain, you get nothing. There's no prize. You won't even get a pat on the back. This race is God's race. It's not my race. It's God's race that he put me on, that he put you on. God put us on a race individually. All of us are on a race. You have to run your own race. You can't run someone else's race. you got to run your own race. you got to stay in your own lane. Amen. Do what God called you to do. Be what God called you to be. Right? That's our responsibility. Galatians 5, 7, Paul said, You did run well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You were running good, but all of a sudden someone came up and hindered you from obeying the truth. What has hindered you from obeying the truth? That's a good question to ask. Isn't it? So, this is how we need to run. Alright? There's a cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. Woohoo! All right? We got some cheerleaders in heaven. Right? That's encouraging. They're watching you. And we gotta drop the weight and drop the sin. When you drop the weight and drop the sin, then you'll win. Right? There's no room for your in your life for weights or sins because it's just gonna deter your race. Number three, you've got to run the race that is set before you with endurance. Right? Number four, you've got to look to Jesus as the author and the finisher. You've got to run this by faith. And then your focus on this race is Jesus. Not another person. Not not something else other than Jesus. Right? He's our focus. And then um, it's a spiritual race relating to your divine destiny. And then it matters how you run. Don't run in vain. Alright? Don't run empty. Go, go to Philippians 2. And I'll close. Philippians chapter 2. And we'll close this out. Look at verse 14. Do all things without murmurings or disputings. Everybody say all things. That includes making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That includes driving to the store. That includes visiting relatives. Do all things without murmurings or grumblings or disputings. Verse 15, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I may not have run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yes, if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and I rejoice with you all. We need to rejoice for the opportunities that we have to exalt God. Amen. No matter what. Hallelujah. Did you know that God called Peter, he wasn't supposed to fish for fish, he was supposed to fish for men. But he didn't know that until he met the master. And guess what? What did Peter do? He turned in his net for some running shoes. Right? Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So They had to follow Christ and as they followed Christ, they were being made into what he said. How about Jesus? Mark 1.38 Let us go to the next town that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come. Jesus was come to preach the kingdom of God. That's what He did. How about John? There was a man sent from God whose name was John. What did John call himself? He said, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. He called himself exactly what the prophet Isaiah called him. He found his calling in the Word. And John ran his race. He was was to introduce Jesus. He was to bear his name before the Gentiles. That was his race. Right? How about Mary? Mary's race. Her, Her race was to conceive in her womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. A virgin. She was to conceive. That was her calling. That was her race. Amen? And she ran her race. And guess what? She followed Jesus. She was, out, she was there on the day of Pentecost and got filled with the Holy Ghost. He ran her race. How about the man from Gadara? Had a legion of demons in him. Right? What was his race? In Mark five eighteen, Jesus said, Go home to your friends. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how He has compassion on you. That was His race. To go and evangelize his home area. That was his race. Right? How about Ananias? Go jumpstart Paul's ministry. Go lay your hands on him. Because he's a chosen vessel unto me. You don't hear anything else about Ananias. But he jumpstart the man who wrote half the New Testament. Amen? He got Paul's sight restored. He got Paul filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in water. That's what all Ananias had to do. I want you to see the variety of races that God calls us to. How about prophets and teachers in Acts 13? Now separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. There's a work that God has called you to do. Every one of us. It doesn't matter your age. You have a work. You And you need to ask God, how can I do the work that you've assigned me to do? Amen? And guess what? He'll tell you. Can you say Amen. I want you to run your race today. Now it's decision time. I want everybody to stand up. If you can. Need to remain seated. You can do that too. That's fine. As long as you can engage this opportunity with your heart. Number one. If you're not born again, you need to get born again. Because if you're not born again, you're, you're running your race in vain. Because being born again is the first step. That's that's the gun shoot. You know, when they start a race, they, they have a gun and they fire a gun in the air. you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, today would be a great day to do that. Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor Doug, I've never been saved. I don't know what my destiny is and I'd like to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Every believer had to do this. I don't see any hands. That's good. You're all born again. So you're all on the course, right? Now, how are you running your race? Have you been distracted by things of this world? And got you hindered? Got you tripped up? You know, the great runner Eric Liddell, who's based on the movie uh, Chariots of Fire, in one race, he was running and got picked up with another runner and he fell down. And he was kind of befuddled a little bit, but uh, uh, I don't know if it was his coach or something, he said, Get up! He got up and running and he had to make up a distance of like 20 yards. But he got up, he didn't stay down. Now was your time to get up! Now was your time! To, to get up and to overcome and to begin to run again in the name of Jesus. To begin to fulfill your God-given purpose. To so that you can arrive at your God-given destiny. This is a moment of decision. Some of you are in the valley of decision. You don't know if you want to continue on with God. You don't know if you want to continue on. I see a lot of people followed by the wayside. But you don't have to be one of them. I want you now to make a decision in your heart that you're going to run your race. You're going to ask, you're going to seek God. You're going to seek His face. You're going to look to Him for the answer. You're going to look to Him for direction. You're going to look to Him for inspiration. In the name of Jesus, I want everybody's eyes closed. If you know that you need to make an adjustment in your race, there's no condemnation because we've all had to make adjustments along the way. But your coach, Jesus, He's putting in your heart right now. He says, you've got to adjust this. You've got to tweak this. You've got to do this now. He's... The Holy Spirit is working. And if you need to make an adjustment... I want you to come right now that you can get the victory and the strength that you need so that you can carry on the race in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to ask you what that is. It's between you and God, but we're going to release an anointing here today for strength and victory to overcome. God wants you to be an overcomer, amen? doesn't want you to be outrun or outdone or overcome. He wants you to overcome obstacles. You know, Nate, you're like a hurdler. A hurdler has barricades in front of them. And the only way over them is to jump over them. And I see God giving you strength to jump over every barricade that the enemy has put in your way. There's not a barricade high enough. You've got the strength to leap over it in a single bound by the anointing of God in the name of
3: Jesus. So jump and run the race. Run with joy. Run with hope. Run with strength. Be the man that God's called you to be with joy. I leave.
1: God is not done with you. He is working in you. He is strengthening you with might in your inner man by the Holy Ghost. He is strengthening your body. He is adding vitality and life and health. To you and well. you are blessed of the Lord in the name of Jesus as your source of life. He's your source of strength. He's your source of blessing. He works everything out for your good according to his will and purpose in the name of Jesus. Receive a fresh anointing and incident today of the Holy Spirit of power. God's got you. God's got you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. He is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm and if necessary, he'll you up and carry you. I because be. he, loves you he loves you. He loves
3: you. He loves you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
1: I be oh, Father, I give you thanks and praise. Step, Lord, I, I be thank you, Lord, that you are doing the work in her life. Father, you're calling her and calling her to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're invigorating life, eternal life on the inside of
3: her in the name of Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you're opening up her eyes We see the spirit, to know things the spirit. You're increasing her, Father. Lord, I pray that she is rooted and grounded in your Say your then love then passes then knowledge. Then Lord, and she has understood the power of the strength. And then she knows the depth and
1: the width so and the height. Then of your love in the name of Jesus. You know the dimensions of your love, Father. Your love never fails. Your perfect love covers all sin. You need God and direct her and you order her steps the greatness, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you the dreams that you put inside of her. You're stirring up right now and you're bringing to the fullness in the name of Jesus. Fill her, Father, with your fire. Fill her with your power. Fill her with your goodness. Fill her with your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I give you thanks and praise, Father, for touching her right now. And anointing her with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Joy and peace and righteousness. Hallelujah. Overflowing from within in the name of Jesus. I Lord, about Father, in the name of Jesus. I be oh, Lord, I give you thanks and praise that your hand rests on the happy care, in the name of pray. Jesus. And I thank and you, Lord, pray. that she is running. She has picked up the the baton, Lord. And her eyes are fixed on the prize. Her eyes are focused on you. And she's running, Lord. She's running. She's bypassing this one. Bypassing that one. And she's running the race. And you have set her on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for touching her. and meeting her right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for healing one. In Jesus' name. I God's got you in His hands. And here, thanks be unto God, you cause Karen to I always to be for you. You cause her to triumph and in Christ I Jesus. No matter... Over every crucified. enemy, over every challenge, I you are made more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I you have His strength and His power and His goodness for you in the name Lord. of Jesus. Therefore, you cannot lose. You cannot lose. In Jesus' name. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this Barney Lord. Oh, you have done so many good things in her life. You have brought her from this challenge to that challenge. you brought her through because you're a faithful God. You are faithful and true to her in the name of Jesus. And Lord, now you're touching her with strength and glory. Father, you're reinvigorating a passion and a vision. Lord, write that vision down and make it plain so that when you see it, you can run with it. Oh, God is working in you. He is working to will and to do of His good pleasure. He loves you. He's equipped you. And He's leading, guiding, and directing you. Oh, He's strengthening you. Father, strengthen her in the name of Jesus. Cause a strength to come out of her father that
3: she's never known that she's never had a degree of strength, father. But in the name of Jesus, break through strength, break through barriers, breaking through the past, breaking through things that are tried to keep her down. You're going forward. And people are going to see your progress. And they're going to rejoice in your God in
1: the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise Him. So just one more moment. Keep the day in the Spirit of
3: God. We are, generation. God. We are, are generation. a generation of a baby. I thank the Father for this water. That night, nice. when her mother brought her, and she got born again, and she got from the Holy Nose, and the
1: Lord, now, you're doing it's
3: in her that you put in her, Father. your clients and your purposes are being made known to be
1: fulfilled in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that
3: every time we
1: are before her, is great by your anointing and your power and the name of Jesus. I thank you are Jesus the did all for forever by the blood I'm of the Lamb, and by the word tonight. of her testimony. In the name I'm of Jesus, care. she overcomes
3: accusation.
2: She overcomes that decisions. She overcomes,
3: I'm Lord. And I'm she begins be to leave be. all that you created her to be. She begins to do all that you her to do. In I the name to of Jesus, we ask the Lord the blood of every
1: need. Every need according to your riches and glory by
3: Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to be surrendered to mine. I want to be touched by
1: mine. I want to carry mine. Say this I'm running my race. God set me on the right course. I'm listening to His voice. I'm running in the right direction. I'm following His instruction. I'm yielding to His correction. And I'm going to reach my destiny. In the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. And there couldn't be a greater song for a greater message. Oh, keep playing. Keep playing. My son Gabriel, I thank you, Father, there's an anointing coming on to you to go in the depths of the Spirit to see and know and hear things that you haven't heard before. The depths of the level of the Spirit It's going to be your heart's cry. God is going to fill your heart with such good things and great things in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. along the way God's already got the path clear there's not a hill big enough that you can't overcome there's not a giant who's strong enough to be able to stop you glory to God oh hallelujah today you are winners
3: today you win you win
1: going over the top. Lord, we thank you for your presence today. Thank you for confirming this word with signs following, Father, as we hear testimonies of people running their race. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great and wonderful week. We'll see you.